Chapazil. Yes. I, I think we can say that we are now five minutes after 12. I think we okay. can uh, we, we can uh, proceed because we are will be live streamed, so we have to keep time. So far, no. members that are, members uh, that are present, they do form a quorum, so we can proceed with the meeting. Thank you. Good morning, honorable members. Good morning. Uh, honorable members, uh, we have got the, uh, the agenda before us. All right, I'm in. Uh, our Thank agenda you. reads as follows. I believe we've got agendas all of us. Ne? Our agenda reads as follows. The first item in our agenda is opening, welcoming, and purpose of the meeting. The second item is roll call and apologies. The third item is adoption of the agenda. The fourth item is briefing by CIFA on its 2020 annual performance plan. And then the fifth item will be deliberation or discussions. And then the last item is closer. Our agenda is straightforward, honorable members. Let me welcome you. Uh, open this meeting with a smile. Although today it was a very difficult day for your chairperson and our family, in the morning we were burying our beloved ones who has been shot at by her husband. May her soul rest in peace. Thank God. I thought I won't manage to be with you, but uh, the sermon I got in the morning has strengthened me up to so far. Honorable members, we are holding this meeting during a very difficult period. We so wish that God may protect all of us. We are wishing that a, a cure or any vaccination may be discovered to save our lives, to save our country, to save the whole world. That's our prayer. Uh, honorable members, you are warmly welcome in this meeting. Uh, the purpose, as I've read our agenda, is to receive briefings uh, on Small Enterprise Finance Agency, which is safer, on its 2020 annual performance plan. You are warmly welcome. I'm inviting your constructive ideas uh, to can participate be free to participate into this meeting. Let's try to build our country. But uh, to monitor the, the work by the department. So feel free to participate as usual. Although the style of our meeting slightly changed. You used to be at liberty. You, are, you know your chairperson will always give you 10 minutes to participate, all of you as members of the portfolio committees, not as members of the parties. I really welcome, well, warmly welcome all of you. Then our second item is roll call and apologies. I will invite our secretary to give us apologies if ever they are in. And I, I won't mind about those who are present, King, because we can see each other. But uh, I'm interested on those who have apologized. 
can we hear that from you? Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. The apologies that I have, uh, it is from Honorable uh, Mpele, uh, who said he will be running late from the, 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 also from their caucus. So, and then on the side of the department, I of the minister, I received an apology of the minister, which it was it has been indicated that she is attending an NCCC meeting. So the delegation will be led by the deputy minister. Um, so those are the apologies that I have uh, received so far. Thank you, Thank Chair. Thank you. Thank you, King. Uh, honorable members, here are the apologies. Our minister is attending another meeting, which is very, very important for us in the country. And then she has... Uh, delegated her deputy minister to be with us. Our deputy minister will be leading the delegation of the department today. DM, you are warmly welcome with your team as usual. We hope we'll get good news because this department, you know, DM, is the department which has got high spectacles by uh, all uh, people in the country. They believe in you, in us, they believe in you that without small businesses, we won't grow our economy. So you are warmly welcome, DM, with your team. We really appreciate the honor you always give to us as the portfolio committee. Then the next item is adoption of the agenda. The adoption of the agenda as outlined here in the program. Can I have a mover from honorable members and a seconder? Yes, Jay. Um, this is Indra Kruger. Um, I propose that we adopt the agenda as you um, read it through for us. Thank you, Honorable Kruger. Yes. Any second? Jay, I second uh, yes. uh, the approval. Thank you, Borutua. Honorable April. Thank you, Manaka. I passed. You look nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's, quickly, let's quickly go to item four, which is briefing by Sita. DM, why yours? We're handing over the turn to you. Can you lead us, please? Good, good afternoon, Chair. Honorable members. Am I audible? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you very much. I, I really, really died, you know. Uh, Vodacom, all, everything that is connected to Vodacom is not functioning. I'm happy I was able to find other ways of coming through. Thank you very much. I'm excited. Chairperson, uh, honorable members of uh, both... Uh, the portfolio committee as well as the select committee. Uh, those people who work uh, behind screens, our officials, our staff, everyone who helps us to be a team that continues to move forward, I greet you. Again, we as a department, 
welcome the opportunity that you go out of your way to accommodate us so that we can account. If you're not providing ourselves with this opportunity, we will go on and on, not being able to do our obligation, that is account. So thank you for the opportunity. We don't take it as if it's something that is automatically there. Secondly, today we have been invited to come and make presentations of account of what CIDA, CIFA is doing. Uh, but, uh, you know, we got CIDA CIFA, so today we are CIFA. We as a department uh, take responsibility of what they do and also account uh, for the goodness they have done as well as be responsible for what might have not been done in so far as their mandate is concerned. We are really interrelated and we are accounted for their commissions and omissions. That is why today I am coming along with the chairperson. But the chairperson will actually outline how they are organized as an entity and what their mandate is and what they do. But as a department of small business, we would like to make an emphasis that while other structures that support small business in its mandate, in its priorities, uh, we are shareholders. They don't do that without our mandate because uh, the ministry is a shareholder, even in IDC. That is why we are having our hands, uh, hands deeply there, because we are a shareholder, and actually we are responsible for what they do for us, because whatever they do on our behalf, it remains our mandate, and therefore we are accountable. That is why we always ensure that when we invite them, we are here to lead the delegation and we are happy to do that. I also would want to say thank you very much, Chair, for appreciating the fact that small business development, the minister always say we mustn't concentrate on small, but actually focus on development which is very, very important. We are an integral part of the whole cabinet and actually sharing every other activity and program with those ministers who also are tasked to do this, this, this work and mandate of development. For example, our priority as government is also to be promoting inclusive economic growth. And that's where we come in order to be able to reach to the village, to reach to the township, 
to reach to the peri urban and the very wide uh, farm workers that are out there to provide an opportunity for them to participate in the economic growth because the president will always say, let us grow South Africa, all of us. I will then take this opportunity of a chair through your mandate, allow the chairperson to be starting to present. Should there be any political matter, I will be allowed by yourself to clarify those matters. So I think this opportunity without further ado, being very much appreciated, I will ask the chair to take the floor. Thank you very much. Thank you, DM. Chairperson, over to you. Morning, Chairperson. Morning, uh, honorable members. Uh, I assume that. Uh, am I audible? Yes, yes, I can hear you. I believe we can hear you, all of us. Okay, no, thank you very much. We, but we don't see you. Oh, you can't see me. Can you see me now? Oh, okay. We, yes, we, we, it's, a, it's a social distancing challenge that we're dealing with. Sorry for that. As you can see, we, we are in the same room with uh, the CETA team. Uh, we decided to, to converge in one place for ease of, uh, of presentation and deliberation so that you could have uh, better access to us. Um, as before I even start, my, my understanding, I thought from, a, from the parliamentary staff side, you're going to get the presentation flagged on the screen. Am I right? Uh, you can share screen, it's easier. Yeah, but I'm not linked on the time. Then I must be done from there. They were done the presentation. Yeah, all right. No, they can't. Okay, I'm raising my hand. Okay, I'm raising my hand. I'm in April. Yes, April. Can you speak? I just want to, to alert the meeting that I cannot see Sifa presenting. In fact, I cannot see anyone. Okay, I see you now, Chair. Uh, it yep. would be nice if we could see Sifa in their presentation as they are going through, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable. Sifa? That's what. Sorry for that. Yeah, sorry for that. We switched it off. What? Chairperson, I was I was trying to 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 get an an indication from Mr. Kunene whether we are going to get the presentation flagged on the screen. I think there's a reason why Honourable April was also raising the question. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, perhaps to, to, to begin with, uh, Honorable Chair, we, we are quite aware that we we, we supposed to, to to move as quickly as possible through the presentation. For that purpose, we've tried to split the responsibilities between us so that we can be able to move a bit faster. Uh, so that we can give Honorable Members sufficient time for, for you to to interact with us. I should also acknowledge and appreciate the intro by the Honorable uh, uh, Deputy Minister, 
uh, she has laid, I think, raised key questions that I don't have to repeat on. Just by way of introduction, just to make the, the parliamentary committee aware, we are sitting with us uh, uh, in the room at CIFA, the boardroom at CIFA. With me are the CEO, Mr. Um, the acting CEO, Mr. Lepo. Uh, with me again, we have the CFO, uh, Ms. Ralebita. Uh, we also have Mrs. To Mrs. Fulham. In fact, I should say to both of them, they will, they will fight with me. I should say Mrs. Instead of saying Ms. Or I should just say Ms. so that I strengthen my, my pronunciations. So we have Ms. Riley Vipa, we have Ms. Sefolo, who's, the, who's le, uh, heading the lending uh, division. And we also have Mr. Elroy Dex, who's the head of strategy on our side. Uh, without wasting time, Chair, um, as I indicated, the and and also acknowledge first the the presence of the acting DG. Without wasting time, I would like to maybe by way of introduction, um, as indicated, perhaps pick up one point which I guess will deliberate. It's always there in our presentation. Just to emphasize the point that the the DM raised, which is very critical relating to promoting inclusive growth, which is part of what we carry in our ordinary mandate, but it has even become much more pointed with the the challenge of COVID and the impact that it has on the economy. Uh, we know that uh, part of what COVID will do is not only to to have a negative impact on the economy, but definitely it, it has a high risk of reversing whatever gains that we've made as far as the transformation of the economy is concerned in our country, which is a key imperative of government policies. But also we understand that that inclusive growth does in fact uh, take a fault-related uh, uh, relationship. On the one part is the issue of demographics, which is a legacy issue that we face as a country. On the other part is an issue of uh, the the the, should I say, the, the equitable development of the economy in the country in the geographic sense. So we are always conscious of that. And uh, as Parliament demands, we try to report in terms of our progress on that front. Uh, what I should indicate, uh, as we've been expected, is that the, the presentation, of course, will cover the, the corporate plan as presented. But also we we would want to know, as I'm, I want to believe the, the committee on another members are aware, that we we remain uh, uh, seated with the challenge that because of COVID, there are disruptions on, on everybody's corporate plan. And also emphasize, therefore, that as we revise the corporate plan as expected by Treasury, we shall, in fact, integrate even the inputs that we are going to be engaging with today. So we are alive to that fact even before we get to the deliberations. Um, the, the, I would want to, perhaps by way of intro, just to indicate our break on us to bear with us that we don't go through the, the ordinary intros of the, of the presentation, especially the issues around the vision, missions, and all that. We won't do that. We'll focus on that, which is core of the, the, the core tenants of the, of the corporate plan in terms of the deliverables, whether we're meeting the outcomes uh, of, uh, of the, the political mandate that we carry. And uh, of course, allow, as I say, if we do that, sufficient time for us to deliver it. Uh, we, we, 
Or do we want to waste more time? As I said, we would want to, to allocate more time to, to, to make sure that we deal precisely with the prison and have a much better time for engagement with honorable members. I'll hand over to Mr. Mulepo, who will take you through the, the presentation. Um, and uh, yeah, and, 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 and rely on your guidance, uh, Chairperson, Honorable Chairperson, on, on further engagement towards the prison. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, um, Honorable Chair uh, Siwela. Um, also, I'm sending our heartfelt condolences on what we had uh, this morning, and we hope the family will be comforted. I'm also uh, greeting the Honorable Deputy Minister Tapa uh, for coming in, the Honorable Members uh, of the Portfolio Committee on Small Business, um, our colleague from uh, the Department, uh, Acting DG, uh, Mr. Mkumani, the Chairperson of um, you know, CIFA and uh, colleagues that I am with today. I hope you can also presentation and as the chair said uh, we will move with speed so that we uh, spend time uh, in engaging around the inputs that will be made as we revise this considering that this is really made uh, in the midst of COVID-19 that all of us are aware of. So the presentation outline However, I will move with speed through a number of things so that we concentrate on the core, which is the overview of CIFA strategy. On the introductions, I think let me not uh, delve much onto that, except to say once more that you know the 2021 corporate plan will, you know, is assuming a strategic a posture that seeks to strike uh, a balance between delivery on our mandate. Uh, but the pressing need to be financially sustainable and be responsive to the changes uh, in the economic environment as a result of COVID-19 and the sovereign credit downgrade, priorities that are identified in the medium-term strategic framework of 2020 to 25 of the sixth administration. And it is important as well to note that the corporate plan involves a number of stakeholders, including yourselves as the portfolio committee, uh, the executive authority, the Department of Small Business Development, IDC, who is the shareholder, CEDA, our sister organization, and internal CIFA stakeholders, which includes the board, EXCO, and other divisions. If I just go maybe to one line on this vision, uh, which is really that we, we are aiming to be a leading catalyst uh, for development of sustainable SMMEs and cooperative enterprises through the provision of funds. That for us, we believe, is key in making sure that we deliver on our mandate. The ability to make sure that there is access to capital by all the sectors that I have mentioned. The operational model of CIFA is what honorable members are aware of in that our distribution channels is made through a number of partnerships. And just to mention, we have got commercial banks, we have got what we call the cooperative financial institutions, 
the microfinance institutions and retail finance institutions who are our partners. But over and above that, we have got a network of CIFA offices throughout the country and uh, also where we have got co-locations in our offices where we try and you know, deliver on our product. There are three distinct delivery channels that we are using at CIFA. The first one is what we call direct lending, where we lend between 50,000 up to 15 million rents. Then we have got our wholesale lending, where we partner with some of the partners that I have mentioned uh, above, and where we can go from 500 up to 5 million rents. And we have got also other support, you know, services where we provide what we call the post-investment support through our workout and restructuring, where we monitor our loans and uh, ensuring that we provide a seamless, you know, support to our SMMEs, but also CIFA. Uh, occupied by a number of tenants throughout the country, um, including, of course, you know, uh, the fact that we also provide some fund management services as well. So in summary, the corporate plan covers, you know, all the elements that I have mentioned. We have mentioned from slide number nine all the way up to slide number 10. That is what the corporate plan uh, will actually cover. But maybe just going over the overview of the strategy over the medium-term expenditure framework period is that we have got, you know, four things that we are using, which is impact, performance, brand, and organization. And we believe that in the foundational phase of CIFA, there was a lot to make sure that we strengthen our core. And that core talks to how we respond to our customers, how we strengthen stakeholder management, brand, for people to know what CIFA is all about. But importantly as well, to make sure that we have got focused lending in our delivery model. In going deep into the rural areas, and uh, also specific sectors as well, the townships, but importantly, increasing sustainable partnerships and strengthening collaboration with our sister organization, CEDA, which as you know, as part of the ecosystem, is making sure that they provide us with the pre-investment support so that CIFA, as it takes over, we have got you know, uh, SMMEs that have been supported. But I think importantly is to make sure that we increase disbursement into the economy. The only way to grow the economy is that we need to deploy funds into the economy in order to rejuvenate the economy. Uh, importantly as well, if you remember I said the posture that we have is balancing between the developmental mandate and the financial sustainability and therefore, as a result, it means we need to increase revenue, but equally make sure that we contain costs and improve efficiencies. Of course, in the medium term, the intention is to scale up as an organization so that 
we can start moving into automation. I believe that every crisis brings about an opportunity for people to relook at how they do business better. Here we are today, uh, seated, you know, in Johannesburg, but yet we are able to can deliver on this corporate plan. So the issue of speed of service, lower cost automation becomes key to ourselves as a delivery model to our customers and making sure that we continuously endeavor to reduce cost as we deliver on this important mandate of CIFA. But I think importantly to embed one CIFA culture so that when you walk through CIFA, irrespective of whether you are at a regional office or wherever, the messaging is the same. Our long-term view, of course, is that we need to innovate our delivery model where we embed you know, the artificial intelligence in value chain processes, developing, obviously, the 4IR uh, as we mature partnerships on our delivery model as well. And this, we believe that over the MTEF period is what we need to uh, concentrate on. CIFA is not operating in an island. We have got an executive authority and our view and the board's view indeed is that at all times we need to align to our executive authority who is the Department of Small Business Development Outcomes. So on slide 13, we have covered all of that, which starts from how competitive and accessible are we to the markets. And this we do through a number of channels where we disperse loans, we approve loans as well, but touching as many SMMEs as we can in the country and making sure that we have got a deeper reach in rural towns and villages as well. The other one is increased participation, uh, I mean, increased economic participation, ownership and access to resources and opportunities by women, youth and persons with disabilities. CIFA's, you know, a corporate plan and our balance scorecard has got measurements that are aligned to these specific designated groups so that at no stage are lost out of sight on whatever that we are doing. But importantly is the issue of rural economy implementation plan, which is, you know, uh, linked with sustainable reform. And what is it that we do is that we have got implementation of what we call the Land Reform Empowerment Fund, where we have got uh, funds that are de designated in ensuring that this rural economy is actually realized. And the other one is around capable ethical and development state. How do we make sure that we have got a functional, efficient and integrated government? And this we do around a number of things as an institution in making sure that we reduce our operating costs, we increase customer satisfaction, but more and more we endeavor on ensuring that we have got improved turnaround times. So the Department of Small Business Development Outcomes and CIFA's goals merge and those are captured on slide number 14. On the extreme is where we are talking to the outcomes that we have mentioned from our executive authority and what CIFA strategic goals are on both outcome one and outcome two. Now, the loan program strategies starts uh, from 
you know, um, the, the slide that I have shown where we look at how per every lending, you know, channel, starting with our micro lending, our SME in terms of the wholesale lending, the direct lending, and what is called the cooler credit guarantee, what are the things that we are going to be doing and the targets that are set for each one of those uh, 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 channels. And those are the ones that then, you know, uh, uh, I mean, accumulatively they work out into the number of total approvals that we have shown when we were starting our our, our uh, discussions. Now, I think it is also important to mention briefly, and we will come back to the committee to give detailed presentation around interventions that we employed on how to mitigate the impact of COVID-19. You know, uh, since the president, you know, uh, declared the, you know, pronounced the national state of disaster, and the subsequent lockdown uh, in order to mitigate COVID-19 and make sure that we level you know, the care. CIFA was really uh, uh, busy in ensuring that we respond effectively to some of the programs that our executive authority uh, you know, conceptualized for CIFA uh, and CEDA to, to implement. And if I go to the slide around interventions, uh, you know, in the main, there are three main programs that we have been implementing over and above others that the department is running with. The first one is the SMME Debt Relief Fund, which is a fund that was meant to ensure that we support business survivors. The intention is for us not to have the hemorrhaging in terms of job losses, but say as we were under the lockdown, how do we make sure that the SMEs that are affected because they are not providing essential services can continue being supported through this particular channel. So the intention was to cover the payroll, you know, uh, in order to protect jobs and income protection by also covering, you know, rental uh, costs of these SMEs as well. The second one was called Business Growth and Resilience Facility, where we're providing working capital only directly to the manufacturing, you know, of the essential uh, product. Um, this particular uh, uh, scheme, you know, after it was started, it was put on hold. And I know that the minister, during the joint sitting of the portfolio committee and the select committee, mentioned some of the reasons that, you know, impacted on this particular program uh, being put on hold. Then the third one is the Spazza Shops support program where we are supporting a networking, you know, or purchasing power where bulk buying is done by our um, our spaza shops through a network of wholesalers that we have agreement with. And this particular program is really going well to make sure that even during the lockdown and the lower economic activity, our people can still have access to essential goods and services through a network of uh, spaza shops that we have in the country. And I think it is a possible thing for us to mention that the department uh, gave us you know, uh, funds to ensure that we support this. And uh, the target is to make sure that we support at the first phase 
you know, uh, over 25,000 of spaza shops over the country. And uh, this is aligned to what the president announced, you know, around a target uh, overall to reach as many spaza shops as we can. Um, the other intervention that we had was what we call the payment holiday, where the CIFA uh, portfolio of clients that were also affected by the pandemic uh, needed to be given a payment holiday on both interest and capital that they borrowed from CIFA. And this has been given for a period of between three up to a maximum of six months. As we continue monitoring them, obviously, as the risk levels are reduced to a level where they can, some of them, start going back to provide uh, services to the economy. So this is one of the things that we did as well to make sure that there is long-term business survival, but also to help, to help cash flow improvements in some of those businesses that were affected. So... If you allow me, uh, honorable members, uh, I will just briefly uh, ask my our CFO, um, even though we will not go into detail, just to briefly go through the, you know, the financials, uh, which are uh, before yourselves. And then at the end, I will also just um, then ask um, that we close off, you know, with some of the elements that we will be having in our our balance scorecard. Thank you very much. Um, honorable Chair, honorable members, um, I'll take us through the financials. And as the Chair has previously said, these financials are before the impact of COVID-19. So we have not taken into account the impact of COVID-19 in this uh, the interest income has been forecasted to triple uh, in three years uh, from 67 million that has been uh, that is shown in the 2019 audit financial statement uh, and is forecasted to increase to 194 million in 2025. The MTF allocation remains the largest contributor of income. Uh, 246 million in the 2021 uh, financials, and this is followed by interest income, which is a second contributor to income, uh, and followed by other income and investment incomes. CIFA continues to rely heavily on the MTF allocation uh, as a source of income. In terms of expenses, um, our impairment expense remains the largest contributor in terms of um, our expenses. Uh, sitting at approximately uh, 337 million in 2021. This is followed by our personal expenses at 269 million and our investment uh, property expense at 98. If you go to the next slide, uh, the balance sheet, uh, we are forecasting that CIFA will hold uh, positive cash balances over five years. Uh, up to 2025, uh, with us ending at 636 million in cash reserves uh, in year five. Uh, and again, CIFA is also forecasting a growth in the loan book. In terms of the CIFA loan book itself, we are forecasting a growth from uh, 389 billion uh, in 2019, and we will grow our loan book to 869 million in 2025. We have also shown the other. 
We have also shown the other known uh, balances uh, in rinse-rinsed, uh, which do include your space, TEF, and EU. Um, Chair, I think I will leave it today. Chair, we can finish off with the balance for cutters quickly. Honorable Chair. Yes. We, the, the, the last leg of the presentation is just to give you, to give the committee a sense of, of, uh, of the balance scorecard, just to wrap up our presentations, we then open up for, you can then direct us on how do we move forward in terms of engagement with the, with the presentation. So that okay. to see or just to, yeah, to, to give you the, the reflection on the balance scorecard. Okay. All right. Um, thank you, Honorable Chair. I will just hand over to my colleague, uh, Alroy Dex, uh, head of our strategy, just to finish off with the, the, last, uh, uh, the last few slides uh, around, the, um, around the corporate um, you know, balance scorecard. Thank you, CEO. Good afternoon, honorable members and colleagues. Uh, the balance core part is basically is just a summary of the CIFAS um, performance outcome over the five-year planning period and basically tries to measure the key indicators of the organization performance, which relates from fundamentally over the loan book performance, where, we want, where we're focusing on tracking really the approvals, loan book approvals, the disbursements, as well as the number of enterprises that, and jobs that will be facilitated as a result of uh, the intervention. Mm. The planning period, CIFA, or the five-year planning period, CIFA uh, plans to approve uh, loans to the value of 10.8 billion rand and um, hope to disperse of that approvals close to 25 billion. And the process we aim to facilitate to support close to 800,000 companies and basically try to facilitate. And if I talk about jobs facilitation, we're talking about jobs that's going to be maintained as well as new jobs that's going to be created over the period, and which is close to 980 to uh, 1,000 uh, jobs over the five-year period. Then the other key aspects that we are doing in relation to our mandate is really how we're supporting different uh, targeted uh, groups in the economy. And as if I will find those targeted groups as support that we're going to give to you, uh, to enterprises that are located in rural villages and townships, uh, support to women-owned enterprises, and support to black-owned enterprises and township enterprises, as well as uh, support to people, uh, entrepreneurs living with uh, disabilities. So over the MTF period, we've stratified, or the planning period, we've stratified those support we will give over the five years. So for youth, we're targeting to disperse close to 4.2 billion rand for, for support to enterprises located in rural towns and villages, 2.7 uh, billion facilities to women 
uh, owned businesses 5.2 billion, uh, for black-owned enterprises 5.1 billion, and for township enterprises 6.3 billion. And in facilities supporting uh, entrepreneurs with disabilities 317 billion. We, a million, sorry. Uh, we've also looked at uh, some indicators that relates to how we want to measure human capital in the organization. And that we've, we are conducting every second year, we're conducting an external um, uh, human capital survey that talks to the satisfaction of staff. And we've, over the five year period, we want to achieve an index of 85% on the Human Capital Development Index. We've also put some indicators with regards to the, our collaboration with uh, CEDA um, and what we want to do over the MTF period and how we basically see basically bringing the CIFA front in with the, CIF, with the CEDA front in and creating a seamless uh, customer value proposition to uh, small businesses at the front end of the, the business. Um, the CFO has briefly talked about some of the financial indicators, but basically what we're trying to see from a financial sustainability point of view is to maintain the cost to income ratio over the MTF period of 100%. Then um, we also, given that, um, that the period that we are going in is going to be a very challenging period, we've identified impairments as a key indicator that we want to measure over the MTF period or over the five-year period, and we're projecting to may try to maintain a impairment rate of plus minus 80% and a collection rate of 30%. Earlier on in the indication that the CFO, the CEO has also talked about the level of automation, and we've also put stratified of how we want to achieve the level of automation uh, over the five-year period, and basically we're saying that by over five years, we should try to see a ma the majority of CIFA processes being automated. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. We, we not, uh, with that concludes our presentation, Honorable Chairperson. We will leave it to your guidance on how we should move forward from here. Uh, thank you, Chair person of the board, can they remove the screen, the, the presentation on the screen so that we may be able to proceed? King? Hello. And honorable members of the board. Is it fine, Jeff? Yeah, it's fine. Sorry for that. We can proceed. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I am now inviting honourable members to deliberate the presentation by CIFA. 
King, you so, will assist me. Honorable members, you can be noted Chair? by raising Chair? your hands. Hello? Can I note it on Okay, Honorable Hendricks, we note it, please. Uh, King, assist me in recording Honorable Members. Yes. Okay, Chair. Uh, Honorable Kruger. Honorable Hendricks. Chair. Chair, can I be noted? Yes. Yes. Can I be noted, Chair? Yes, Honorable Stamela. Thank you. It's okay, Chair. Honorable April, your hand was up. Chair, can I be noted, Chair? Pardon? Can I give you the order, Chair? Yes, do so, please. I have got only three here. So it's Honorable Hendricks. Yes. Honorable Kruger. Yes. Honorable Tomelang. Yes. Honorable April. Yes. And Honorable Mieni. All right. So far. So far. Thank you. Honorable members, you are at liberty to can raise your um, questions. I also raised my hands and I was not noted, Comrade Chairperson. Oh, okay. thank you, Honorable Bembo. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can we start with Honorable Hendricks? Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, our prayers were with you the last uh, few days, and uh, we're happy to see that uh, you now have you started the meeting with a smile. I've got some virtual flowers behind me. I'm sorry I can't send it to you. But Honorable Chair, I'm very impressed with the presentation. Uh, you know my views uh, on, uh, on, on Shifa. We're not very happy that they use the very people that oppress our people, that is the banks, the micro-lending institutions as partners, and it adds clipping fees, which could reduce the cost of the loans to the people that need it most. But I am now, I have to live with that, but I'm sure you're going to do something about that in the future. I just want to say that it is very important that SIFA has on the radar the promise by the president in the State of the Nation address that young people under 29 will be assisted and we need to see that uh, rolling out in spite of the pandemic. We also have given, been given the assurance by the acting uh, director general that they have already completed schemes uh, to support uh, 2,500 auto fitment centers, 10,000 mechanics, 2,000 bakeries and 100,000 spas and shops. I hope that Shifa will keep uh, and Shida will keep their eye on the board, on the ball, and make this a reality. They give too much money to the uh, um, to the enterprises, funds millions of rands of loans. There should be an even spread. And the acting director general has said that he's going to make sure with your support, Honorable Chair, and I hope you will support him, that the money that they have will be spread equally amongst the provinces. So demographics is a nice leveler. And in each province, we need to make sure that the demographics is also respected because the townships, the rural areas, 
people with disabilities, uh, rural area that I'm very familiar with is a Cape Flat. If you look at, at the track record of the 10 years, uh, they have been hopeless in respecting demographics, in spreading the assistance all over the country. And they seem to just go where they can uh, find an easy way. They don't, they're not following the difficult routes. So I just hope that they will put their, their shoulder to the wheel and, and, and make uh, the difficult uh, exercises so all the people in South Africa can benefit equally. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Honorable Hendricks. I believe they have captured it very, very well. I really appreciate that you are highly concerned about our vulnerable people in our rural areas. And that's our motto as the Portfolio Committee. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next speaker is Honorable Kruger. Uh, yes, thank you, Chair. And uh, thank you for the department or for CIFA for the uh, informative presentation. Um, first of all, I just want to agree with um, Honorable Hendricks. Um, I think the footprint of CIFA, especially in the rural areas, uh, needs to be worked on. But it seems like if you listen to the presentation, um, that that the footprint in rural areas is going to be a high priority priority for them. Jay, uh, um, I just want uh, these three questions that I want to ask. First one is um, whether the COVID-19 financial relief uh, will only be allocated to qualifying SMMEs according to the Triple B E E Act of 2003 as amended. And then um, the, uh, I can't remember what was the official's name. He talked about the recovery rate of 30%, but he went over it very quickly. So I just want to get more clarity of the recovery rate um, of 30% when he talked about it. And then, um, Chair, my last question is CFAS feedback to um, SMMEs um, applying for, for the relief um, funds. Um, many SMMEs sent me an email that they received, uh, received from CFA, and it seems like uh, it's a, a generalized um, email um, that just cited they need some um, more information. Um, and then, of course, the SMMEs show me um, that that information was already um, supplied with the application. So I just want to know, um, do they have this sort of a generic email that they send back to all the SMMEs that applied for relief? Why is so many SMMEs getting the same um, uh, 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 reply from CIFA? And how far are they working through the millions or thousands of applications? Because um, the SMMEs out there are very um, definitely in stress. And um, I got a call, for instance, this morning of a woman, um, uh, a, a woman um, businesswoman, and, and she's ready to commit suicide. So I, I want to know um, how fast 
are and how far are CIFAR working through this um, uh, applications uh, for COVID-19? Thank you, Chair. Thank you. You have raised important questions. I believe they are noted. I'm just having a concern on the last uh, question on the one who wants to commit society. If I can also be furnished with that information as the chairperson, I will appreciate. The next speaker is Honorable Tomela. Hello, Chair. Hello. Chair, can you hear yes. me? I can hear you clearly. Okay, thank you. But I can't oh, see okay, you where. Can you position you yourself me. where? Yeah, I can see you now. You can. Yes, All right. Thank yes, you, Chair. Yes. Chair. Let me start by appreciating the presentation made by CIFA, Chair, and really say that, Chair, we must agree that this coronavirus has, and it is still disrupting people's lives and the economy. I just have two questions, Chair. My first question, Chair, is that... You can't hear you. I can't hear you well. I believe even the department. I just want to understand how many father shops have been helped as far by Honorable Somelang, can you come again? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now, but I didn't hear you. Yes, I can hear you now. Come again. Sure I was okay. My first point was an input. I think you have captured it correctly. Let me go straight to the questions because of this network. My question, Chair, is I wanted to check how many Spaza shops have been helped thus far by CIFA. If we can get the break, if we can get the breakdown in terms of the provincial uh, assistance that has been provided because my interest is on the township, rural, and the vulnerable group. My second question, Chair, is that in the presentation, I have came across the intervention in terms of the uh, payment holiday. My question is, how is CIFA going to be affected? Does CIFA have alternative ways to increase the revenue? Because if they are giving the holiday payment to the SMMEs, which means that now they're not uh, generating the revenue. Do they have ways to generate the revenue? And then I wanted to check how does this process affect the operation and how does it also affect the long-standing application that has been there before this uh, pandemic? Do we have a recovery plan or a future plan, Chair? My last question in terms of this intervention is, uh, I want to check if they have categorized the payment holiday in terms of the SMMEs, because I don't think all the SMMEs do qualify for the payment uh, holiday. My last question, Chair, will be, how far, Chair? Chair, do you hear me? Yes, 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 I can hear you. I'm listening oh. attentively. Proceed. Oh, I can't. I can't hear you now. Come again. Hello. Okay, chair. I can hear you now. Is it better now? Thank you, chair. Yes, yes, yes. My last question, chair, is in the light of this COVID nine uh, COVID nineteen crisis, 
the impairments could increase. What are the implications on this viability of CIFA as a business? And the last one will be the process of transferring this CIFA into the department, as we have long agreed, and been in the public domain for a very long time. Thank you, Chair. And my apology for the network problem. Thank you. Thank you. I hope they have captured your questions. Uh, the next speaker is Honorable April. Honorable April. Hello, Chairperson. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I am here. Can you can you see and hear me? I can hear you. I can't see you. I can see you now. Yes. All right. I can see you. I just want to raise the following couple of things, uh, Chairperson. Uh, let me join uh, the Honorable Kostlomelang in saying that it was really a very good presentation. And I want to say to the team uh, of CIFA that has prepared this presentation, thank you very much. It is very good to see the amount of work that has been, going, been able to accomplish. We do agree that uh, a lot more still needs to be done. What I want to raise for consideration is that for direct lending, the minimum is 50,000 rand. And for indirect lending, it is 500 rand. In the spirit of promoting financial inclusivity, could Sita please explain the difference and why micro businesses, those that are borrowing between 500 to 50,000, cannot borrow directly and benefit from the direct lending interest rates that Sita has got? Further to this, Chair, the lending facilities of the inter intermediary, intermediaries go up to a, a hundred million rand. What is the highest interest rate? that these intermediaries charge, only what are the repayment terms to the end user, which means the people that we are we are assisting. And could CIFA provide us details from the different provinces? You know I had a big thing about the, the Northern Cape province in particular, so one would want to hear about different provinces, how this thing has taken effect. Lastly, what I would want to raise, could CIFA update the committee on the reposition Sir, of honorable, the Sorry, honorable member. Uh, honorable members, can you see we, we switch off our mics? There's a lot of background. Like we can't hear properly what Honorable uh, April is saying. Proceed, proceed, honorable member. You can proceed. Thank, thank you, uh, Chairperson. I don't know how far you heard me, and I really hope the committee do, took took some of the things that I did uh, raise. So, Just so proceed. If proceed, proceed, Pap. I would like to raise issue for consideration. Could CIFA update the committee on the repositioning of the direct lending program and the disposal of the property portfolio? How has this been affected by the COVID-19 crisis, number one? And could uh, CIFA also please explain how, if at all, their, their other programs have been impacted by COVID-19 and how they see their programs being impacted in the future. Uh, it is important to note that there were, before COVID-19, there were people who made applications to CIFA and uh, they, they do have an expectation. One would, would like to know where are they standing? Are they going to be helped in the future? Uh, what is the plan as far as they are concerned? Uh, for I will pause there, Chair. I've got more questions that I'll ask at the later stage. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Mieni, you are the next. Honorable Mieni. 
Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Chair. Let me firstly thank the presentation. And uh, I think I'm likely to cover about only two questions. The first one is that of how far have um, CIFA gone with the district, uh, the, the district offices in all in all the provinces. How far are they? Uh, the last one is the informal business. What are they going to do with the informal businesses? Because we've got so many formal businesses. Are they anything? Are they going to do with them? Thank you, sir. Thank you, thank you, Honorable Mieni. Honorable Lubengo. Honorable Lubengo. Ms. Lorraine. Ms. Lorraine. Hmm. I struggle. Yes, I can hear you now. Thank you, Chairperson. I'm saying, let me also join the the letter speakers to appreciate the, the presentation. Chairperson, uh, uh, I did not hear uh, Honorable Hendrik questions clearly because of the network where I am now. But however, let me put my, my question Chairperson, uh, I would like to focus on the loans programs strategies, especially CFA's uh, reference to micro lending. It is indicated here that uh, there will be partnership with wholesalers and retailers to support informal outlets in township and rural villages. Villages. Comrade Chairperson, I just wanted the, 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 the CIFA to please expand on how this is done in support of outlets in rural villages, villages where there are challenges of resources, access, and also challenges with connectivity, among others. What special measures do CIFAs have for rural I think you represent for now. Thank you. I think you were the last speaker. Uh, Honorable Whip, are you covered? Uh, Do you want to chair, can I anything? can I come in? Yes, yes, come in, Bob. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, greetings to all the members. Um, let me also record my appreciation for the report. I think uh, under the difficult conditions, we must commend the department under the leadership of the minister and uh, the deputy president, a uh, deputy uh, deputy minister. There's a few issues that I have for consideration um, for the department. Um, there is a fraud hotline, but during this difficult period, there's also going to be people that comes up with scams and loopholes trying to uh, jumble the system. What is the strategy by CIFA to deal with these scams and to ensure that the relief fund is actually going to the intended beneficiaries, the poorest of the poor, the most needed uh, um, uh, small um, businesses? Then my second question is, could CIFA elaborate 
on the partnership with the NetBank on the SPAZA grant fund and what's the conditions thereof. And also, when SPAZA shops access these grant funding, uh, what is the possibility of extending it to all the other banks so that we can have a greater foothold? And then we, we were told that there's lessons that uh, we can learn from the standard bank experience where more than 3,500 small businesses and 22,000 employees were assisted within six weeks. So what are the good lessons there and how can the department and also CIFA learn from, from, from the banks? And, and then my final question is, are companies allowed to access both private and public funds, relief funds? If so, how? And how do you ensure that CIFA put systems in place that there's no double doping? In, in this. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. You were the last speaker. Before um, I give. Honorable Chairperson, it's uh, it, it's Honorable Mbele speaking. Oh, you are you are you are you are in. You're welcome, Honorable Mbele. Yes, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Uh, my apologies again to the to the colleagues for my late arrival. I had given my apologies to the committee secretary um, about well, our cook meeting running past 12. Um, we received your apology, honorable member. We got it. Thank you your very apology much. Was, your apology was accepted. Proceed. I do appreciate that. Um, Chair, I, 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 I had previously looked at the CIFA presentation, so I'll just jump straight into my question. Um, and that has to do with the, the loan guarantee scheme that had been announced by the president. Um, uh, and to just ask a two-part question. Firstly, um, could CIFA give us any uh, clarity or explanation if if they have any possible role um, in 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 the ambits of that loan guarantee scheme? Um, given that many small businesses uh, will be depending or hoping for that mechanism uh, to be a lifeline for them. Uh, so, for example, I mean, I I, I know that it's being handled by by National Treasury. And it's a partnership between between National Treasury, the Reserve Bank, and 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 the major uh, uh, retail banks. But did CIFA perhaps uh, happen to give any inputs as to the design of that in order for for the small business voice and the and the small business perspective to be taken into account in designing that? Um, and then, obviously, really, in terms of the internal uh, uh, loan guarantee scheme that that's, uh, that CIFA has, uh, the the Kula uh, 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 credit scheme, um, is there any um, envisaged um, expansion of that um, in order to supplement those efforts? Because some of the feedback that I've been receiving from uh, small business owners and from sole proprietors is that in having applied to their to their financial institutions that they bank with uh, for the government's guaranteed loan, they are they are being deemed to to to, to be not credit worthy enough or not to be eligible. Um, and I think we all know that even in the best of times, the, 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 the commercial private sector banks are reluctant to extend credits to, to small businesses. So, so it's going to be even a, a, a more tighter space uh, given the, 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 the challenging 
economic times coming ahead, coming ahead. So the assistance of CIFA through the cooler credit scheme uh, could be a lifeline for many of them. Thanks very much. Those are my two questions. Thank you. Do you have any other honorable member who has arrived? Please, next time. In the, ab In the absence of any member, I will now invite Honorable Shomelan. Your mic was on. Thank you. Uh, I would invite the department to respond, a uh, chairperson of CIFA, with your team. You are at liberty to can respond to all the comments and the questions raised by honorable members. I'm happy, honorable members, you were having a lot of questions, but you were so brief, and I believe they have captured them properly. Please stick to the answers because we are running out of time because this is not a normal uh, meeting as i have indicated in my in my opening remarks over to you chairperson honorable chair th thank you very much perhaps we should uh, not perhaps we should definitely start with uh, with uh, our appreciation for the warm response from the committee we really appreciate that uh, for the commendation that you you gave to us, we wish to to make sure that we respond that we respond at all times to to what you you request us to deliver on. I, I just want to to request uh, just a small uh, assistance, Chair. When Honourable April was posing his questions, we 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 missed him a bit. If you could just get a quick summation of his questions so that we can respond at once uh, to all of them. Thank Thank you. Honorable April, can you repeat in brief your questions? As I've indicated that there was a lot of noise by then, and the Honorable Shomelang too was being interrupted by the network. I, I wonder whether the questions have been captured, all of them. But I'm now inviting Honorable April to do so. Sorry, sir. With, with Honorable... Excuse me, Chess. With Honorable Shomelang, we are fine. We did get all the questions. Okay. Yes. okay. Honorable April. Honorable April. Okay, Chair, I don't know from which part side I'm going to start, but let me just, I was talking about the direct lending, the minimum of 50,000 via, via, uh, uh, via, via the indirect lending of 500 rand, and I wanted some uh, explanation, uh, see if I had to explain the difference. And my question was why uh, micro businesses, those borrowing between 500, 500 rand to 50,000, cannot borrow directly and benefit from the direct lending interest rates. Further to that, I ask that the lending facilities of the intermediaries go up to 100 million. And I ask what is the highest interest rate that the intermediaries are, are charging. Um, uh, I also want the details per province of, 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 of the faucet about the, the intermediaries and are they standardized and how much are they lending out per province. The last, the, no, not the last, the next, what I asked is, how does CIFA ensure that the, the, the interest rate charged by intermediaries to the end user, uh, small, micro and medium-sized businesses are fair, given that CIFA is providing relief and support to the intermediaries during the period? see if I ensure that the intermediaries reciprocate and also provides relief to small and micro enterprises. Um, 
and then I wanted them to consider the UCFA update the committee on the repositioning of the direct lending program and the disposal of the, uh, the, the property portfolio. How has this been affected by the COVID-19 crisis? And then the, the last thing that I said is the, the programs that CIFA, the, 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 there are people that applied for, for funding and assistance from CIFA before the COVID-19. And I wanted to know uh, how are they affected? Uh, is CIFA going to run with their programs or not? And on time frame, some of the applicants that have been in touch with CIFA want to know for how long must they wait before they can get a final answer from CIFA. That it was it. That was about it. Thank you, Honorable April. I believe uh, CIFA, you have captured now all the questions. The ball is now in your court. Chairperson uh, of the board, you will guide us all with your team there. Thank, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Members, and thank you, Honorable April, for, for restating the questions. I will try and, and, and deal with most so that we can manage the time. Colleagues will come in to give you where the details are required, as I indicate. The, the, I think from Honorable Hendricks' side, the, I understood the, the input more of the guidance in terms of what we're doing, and also highlighting for us the... Apologies, Chairperson. Yes. It's King. I will request uh, CIFA to switch on their camera. Is it possible? Okay. So that you can see okay. them. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. They must switch it on so that we can see them. We don't yeah. see them. It is on. It, our camera is on on our side. I don't know if. Uh, we can't see you. You can't see us. Um. <laughs> Chair, can we be allowed to, to, to proceed whilst our IT person is trying to see how to, it can be sorted, just to manage the time? Yes, in the interest of time, you can do that. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, the, the, like I said, the, the input, we understood the input from uh, Honorable Hendricks to be highlighting and guiding us in the main. Um, the... We, we, we acknowledge, as we have done in our, in our previous reports, the, the fact that we, we've had, um, I think you can see me now. Uh, yes, so we yes, okay. have to use two screens now whilst we're trying to, yes. So, so we, we, we acknowledge uh, the, the shortfalls, as Honorable Hendricks has said, as indicated, as we've also re reported in the past, particularly around penetration of what we would call the underserviced areas. Uh, the, I may not necessarily limit that to rural, but also indicate, as, we, as, as we've always said, the issue about penetrating the, 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 the townships in terms of uptake of our products. It's work in progress for us, uh, Chair. Uh, we, we, we're working quite hard to make sure that we, we do respond uh, uh, in that regard. Part of it has to do with us understanding the, the constraints in the market, especially in the township market, uh, what is it that is, that is in fact a, a deterrent or what is it, whether it's, it's market driven or it's a question of access by the, the enterprises in those areas. So we're trying to understand as much as we can the depth of the problem and we, we are confident that going forward we should be able to, to report to you 
uh, a better progress in as far as our penetration rate is concerned. Honorable Hendricks also may mention, acknowledging rather, the intervention as announced by the ministry on the support for micro businesses uh, like bakeries and so on, not listing all of them. We agree that we have to spread the money, both geographically, also in terms of the type of enterprises. And that's exactly what we we, we are, in fact, uh, uh, beholden with. That's what we, we're working quite hard on. Uh, I also understood from his input that he is already aware of the products uh, that are being put in place. Between us and the ministry, that's what we're trying to, to, to harmonize more in terms of what is it that can be done to make sure that our messaging and product packaging does in fact much more come out much more clearer to those that we intend to, to sell the products for and thereby increase access. Our understanding is that there are three areas that are interlinked that we're supposed to work on. First of all, is making sure that our product packaging is proper and coherent. Secondly, is to make sure that uh, we do, in fact, promote the very products effectively that we tend to, to roll out to the market, but also as part of our continuing challenge to make sure that we increase, we always increase access uh, to see by those that want to gain uh, funding for, for their businesses. Uh, on Honorable Kruger's uh, questions, um, um, Honourable members would recall that in the last engagement, the minister did raise the underlying principle that says uh, government has a policy, has an obligation uh, to ensure that it does, in fact, uh, 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 deal with transformation of the economy. And as, as of this stage, the, the way in which government does that is to, is to make use of the triple D framework, if one would call it. The, the key question, I think, that is missed in the debate around BE, and I know that part of the matter is a, part of the issue. We all know that there's a, there's a matter that is that is being handled by the courts uh, on that matter. I think, as South Africans, Honourable Chair, we talk past each other. Uh, we have raised this question quite uh, uh, consistently in, in other fora. There seems to be a, a, a confusion that. Uh, when you cite BE, you exclude those that are not BE compliant. Uh, uh, and which, which, which of course, Chair, is, is, is I think is a misnomer. There's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a total misunderstanding of what the issues are. Because with the BE framework and the BE policy, all that you're saying is to make sure that as you start the race, you make sure that those that truly, by, by legacy, by, by, by virtue of legacy, had actually been been uh, been uh, been disadvantaged. So there is no way in terms of applications where we say if people come in to apply for funding, we'll say you are not being compliant. We throw you aside. What we say is that we should in fact make sure that there's an appropriate balance in terms of our of us making sure that we make those that are historically disadvantaged uh, able to, to access the the funding that government so provides. Yeah. So, so indeed, we, we do, in fact, look at all, and we do have to operate within the, the context of government framework, and we can't run away from that challenge. And perhaps we should also emphasize, I know it's a matter of, a, of political space or policy space, ours as CIFA is to implement in the directive that we're given. The reality of the matter, Honorable Chair, is that COVID is not only an impact, and I think I said that at the beginning of my opening remarks, COVID is not only about 
the general impact on a on, on business. But there's a very sharp and pointed message that we'll all get when COVID is done. That COVID would have reversed very extremely. Uh, we can already get that suspicion. The gains that have been done on transformation. So I think ordinarily it will be irresponsible for us as policymakers and those of us that are there to implement the policy of government to go on as, as, as usual. Because ordinarily in the South African context, we can't run away from the fact that if same businesses walk into uh, into a financial institution that is not a DFI, that is bound by these uh, BE regulations, if same businesses are running the same kind of business with a differential composition in terms of demographics or BE, the reality and and, and research has pointed out time and again, the reality is that same applications, same funding, the outcome is going to benefit that, that, that the one that is historically advantaged and the one that is historically disadvantaged. We can't dispute that fact. History, research has already pointed to us. So we don't intend a CIFA. And, and I'm, I'm trying to spend just a little bit of time on this so that we got better understanding uh, from where we look at it as CIFA. We don't, as CIFA, go out to say South Africans are not South Africans. That's the first point. We go out as CIFA to say South Africans share a different history. South Africans have different privileges. South Africans have different barriers. Yet they are all enterprises that are suffering uh, from the impact of COVID. And therefore, we do it responsibly in terms of how we land. And, and colleagues and, uh, and, and, and so honorable so, uh, members might actually be surprised uh, at the end of the day at the extent to which we've been able to get that, that balance in terms of it is getting applying that responsible fashion of making sure that we operate within the policy space without disadvantaging those that are historically disadvantaged. Remember, one of the things has to do with what the Honorable, I think Honorable Samuel Kamala, Honorable uh, April also raised it, and, and so did other uh, members of the committee. The fact of the matter is that there are issues that might have to do with infrastructure, that might have to do with location, over and above the, the historical uh, privilege and the prejudices that people are faced with, that continue to be barriers to our people, even at this stage. So, so I hope we we, we, we we will be able to, we have been able to, to unpack that much better so that there's an understanding. But in essence, we say, when you say BE, you are not saying you're excluding every South African that is not BE. And I think that needs to be understood. And we should, in fact, uh, comprehend it in that context. So the other question relates to, to um, uh, uh, I think, which, which is I would share. We would share with uh, with uh, with uh, Honourable Hendricks on the on the uh, the automated mail. Uh, in the previous uh, presentation to report to the committee, we indicated one factor uh, that when COVID came and as reflected also in, in our corporate plan, it did not find CIFA well automated, if one put it that way, to be able to, at least at the very point, first point, to deal with the first stage of, of uh, processing the application, which is validation. So you would find, and I've seen reports also, you'd find that if you got 25,000, I'm using the number again, 25,000 applications, when you validate, you actually find that others would be inquiries only, others would not be applications that are within the ambit of COVID. So, what you do when you automate, you you would, in fact, at least as, as a first minimum entry, entry uh, 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 ticking box point, is to make sure that your your uh, uh, 
your, you have an automated response that at least acknowledges the application has been received. I, I wouldn't want to come out here and bluntly defend CIFA and say the response would not have, uh, uh, have er- errors. If, if honorable members would allow us, I'd want to go back and check exactly uh, what the standard uh, led, or if honorable Hendricks could also assist us uh, through the committee, uh, uh, staff support, uh, uh, support staff rather, for the, the, the type of response that those enterprises that have uh, made inquiries with him have done. So if indeed the, the, the standard response that said we don't have information, then that would have been an error, something that we have to correct. What we know with COVID, and I think the president has already said that in a mouthful around that, is the fact that with COVID, all of us have been So we know that we would not be perfect on everything. We've been inundated with making sure that we respond as as possible. We don't delay our people and they stand out there not knowing whether, at least first of all, we receive the application. And secondly, whether the application is being attended to. At the back office, we're trying as much as we can to clean those gaps and make sure that we're able to to deal with the what is in fact outstanding. The... Yeah, the, 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 the team will assist me in giving you the exact indication on progress in as far as the, the because we, we change that we process applications every day and so on. So we wanted to give you the most recent figures as far as progress in processing applications is concerned. I don't, we have it readily here, but it's not in front of me. As, so uh, the staff would assist us in terms of giving the exact numbers on how many applications we've been able to, to process thus far. Honorable uh, spoke to to the, the spaza shops. I've also asked uh, the team to respond to, to how many spaza shops have we been able to help so far. Uh, so so the, all the, the issues around the, the, the spaza shops in terms of the numbers and so on, they'll be able to give it to you just now. Uh, the, the issue around how are we going to counter the payment holiday, uh, it's, it's quite a difficult challenge. The uh, fact of the matter is that if we had not given the payment holiday, we would have put an albatross around the, the enterprises. What we have been able to do as CIFA is to, is to, to at least calculate what the impact payment holidays is going to be uh, and we perhaps let me indicate that we should look at it at the recovery as being overlaid by the way, by the progress that we had made before COVID made uh, COVID hit or that we're beginning to make with COVID did us which was to try and bring in more efficiency in, in our in our collections so in the past we knew that there were gaps in collections we expect that we had started to do by the time COVID hit to improve our collection uh, uh, on that front. And again, she raised the question around the, the you raised uh, Honorable Shomel and the question on, uh, on whether everybody does qualify for a payment holiday. No, not everybody does qualify. As we said, the provisions of the scheme was that we are supposed to help those that can prove that there's a relationship between the underperformance of their business or the risk that they are exposed to uh, with the, the 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 COVID itself, so there would be exclusions. For instance, in cases where those businesses had been able to continue to run their businesses as normal, uh, and therefore, or even the range of of assistance, one would say, would differ from one enterprise to to, to the next. The recovery plan on business as usual. Uh, so, so perhaps maybe just to be clear, on, on revenue, we know that there's going to be a slide. Uh, but we, 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 at the moment, we are, we are, we are more 
we have been more preoccupied with getting to, to account for what we project the, the slide on revenue is going to be and how do we put in supplementary measures uh, to, 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 to cover uh, uh, on that law. So at least to reduce the impact. If we know there's going to be an impact, but the issue is going to be what is going to be the extent of the detriment of that impact. On business as usual, we are pleased as we have begin to, begun to see, honorable members, that uh, uh, the economy is going to be opening up. CIFI had been designated as a as a as an essential service player. Uh, we had, unfortunately, we had to, unfortunately, as a result of the pressure on COVID, uh, there was no way that the sister the CIFI capacity was going to be able to to handle uh, our traditional business uh, uh, programs together with COVID. It, it was just uh, practically impossible because we got overwhelmed as we see. on average. Uh, if we had received this inquiry, uh, just to give an example, through our call center, they jumped to, to, to I don't know, crazy numbers, if one call it for lack of a better word. We were dealing with 5,000 and more per day in terms of inquiries. So, so it has been quite difficult. We had to make sure that all the capacity that we have is dedicated towards making sure that we respond and we're able to assist our people as fast as possible. The so we 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 yes the 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 CFO would would give you some bit of detail or detail rather on the implications as far as CIFA sustainability is concerned. We've calculated that we know where the figure lies um, as far as the COVID implications on on CIFA sustainability. Perhaps what I should also say is that although we had not formally communicated in our engagements with the ministry. We've, we are already talking about when do you go back to business as usual. That was a key point of the Honorable Chomenang's question. Um, we will be communicating soonest as, as, as far as uh, what, what is it, that what, as far as that position is concerned. We are also very eager to go back to business as usual. We know it's important for restarting the economy. We can't, in fact, come in after after the fact, we have to be ready at that time and make sure that we respond, especially with the applications that were already seated as Honorable Flomela and Honorable April has raised. The applications that are already in the system would want to go back and process them as fast as possible. You know, Honorable Members, that at the time that COVID hit, we had already committed ourselves to CIFA to make sure that once an application drops on our, on our, on our, on our, on our table as CIFA, we are able to give the applicant a response at least within a period of about three to four weeks later to say we've seen your application. We believe uh, that it's got merit for us to to to, to grant you funding. These are the pre uh, conditions preset, precedent at the very least, which we want you to to meet. We want you to or we approve subject to you providing one, two, three, four uh, information to make sure that the 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 application does in fact uh, fully become become fully compliant. Uh, the transfer of CIFA to DSB, I wish I could have, uh, I could, uh, if the acting DG allows me, because uh, and the DM rather perhaps, or between the two of them, uh, we could perhaps uh, request that they also add on to that because some of the issues are more in the political space. Safe to say that we had been beset with the uh, engagements on looking at how do we integrate uh, the work that has been done as the CFO also indicated, I mean, the CEO also indicated, the work that is done between CIFA and CIDA, uh, and also begin to look at in the in the case of a new entity emerging, what does it mean for us as, as the enterprise in the DFI or in the in the ecosystem rather, if one to put it that way. 
the engagement as is now, I, I should uh, perhaps uh, give the members comfort, honorable members comfort, that uh, there is a lot of coherence in terms of what happens between us and IDC and the ministry. Uh, there they are no hurdles. We are able to operate, we are able to engage effectively with IDC and the ministry, and we do get support from both ends. So there's not there's no de- deterrence or hindrance in, in far as in it, allowing us the CIFA to be able to perform our roles. We do get support from both ends. Uh, yeah. So 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 how long I think on on, on business continuing? I think I've already. Cared. I'm not able to give a definite date. We've had preliminary discussions with the minister. I think she's also guided my understanding. But what happens at the command center as the faces uh, are being reduced? And, and perhaps making sure that we synchronize uh, how we do. So we get guidance at, at ministerial level on what we can do. So I'm not able to give a definite say on this day, but my sense as per the discussions <coughs> soon as we should be able to, to to go back to, excuse me, to our normal business. The, the questions raised by Honorable April for, for the sake of time and to make sure that we were able to, except for the one on disposal of the property portfolio, I would, and the, the yeah the one on the disposal property portfolio the ones on the on the on the RFIs and lending to micro enterprises and the issue about keeping the, the interest rate without although I can respond to that I don't want to, to waste time I would like to leave it over to to the CEO and uh, the reposition of direct lending the, the CEO would respond to that on the on the disposal of properties we are aware as the current board of CIFA that there had been submissions and report to the board, uh, to the parliament and to the department on what is supposed to be done. We engaged with the matter when we got uh, to CIFA as an interim board and we held a, a view that says it's important that we go back and get a real understanding and feel of the, the, the property portfolio of CIFA as a whole and see if there could be some kind of creativity or perhaps a fresh look at what we can do. Unfortunately, we so as a result, the board uh, uh, had went out to to to, to have a a cold face experience, one call it, to inspect the, the the to go through all the property portfolios that we've had. We've done Western Cape, we've done Eastern Cape. I've reported this on the past. So we've done the coastal areas in the main, Kazetan, uh, Eastern Cape, and Western Cape. We were unfortunately not able to finish off our 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 uh, side visits. Uh, on properties in Gauteng, in in the Free State, in Northern Cape, and uh, and uh, and uh, and Pumalang. And Pumalang, I think, in my recollection, is one property that we're talking about. We believe that there could be an opportunity for for creative, for creatively intervening in such a manner that strengthens the position of CIFA in that regard. Yes, there will still be disposal of some of the properties, uh, as far as at least. Although I think we've covered about. I think roughly about 40% of what we have now in terms of the visits. So we believe that there could be some kind of creative solutions that we could bring into the space too. So we'll come back to Parliament and report to the department as we've already highlighted to the department once we're ready with that report and the intervention that is supposed to be made. Honorable Mieni uh, uh, raised an issue around uh, the the CIFA's uh, progress on district offices and... and um, uh, are we going to do anything, if I'm right, on, on informal businesses? That, that was my understanding of the question. On informal businesses, maybe just let me start there. Uh, and I think it relates to the same comment that came with uh, with uh, 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 
Honorable Hendricks, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, because he raised uh, those ones, although some of them have not formalized. Perhaps let, let's uh, just highlight the fact that uh, in a maiden speech, the minister spoke about the issue, about the need for us to, for the department to put up the, the SMME database. What COVID did, as we say, COVID also offered uh, a learning opportunity. What COVID did for us was to give us that opportunity to time and propel with much more eager and speed, or vigor and speed, the the registration process, increase the number of representation of registrations. Yeah, there are a lot of questions that come whether we should be registering spaza shops or not. But I think the, the minister explained it quite well. So we we our understanding of formalization is that uh, is partly about registration, but not registration in a manner that impedes the the capacity or throttles rather the the, the survival or the ability of a of microenterprise to, to operate. It's more about making take stock of what we have uh, so that we can know how we can intervene. If we know that we have so, so many enterprises and they are located in these areas, it makes it much more easier to intervene when we implement our programs. So that's part of the area. I may not be, be uh, exhausting, perhaps, in terms of response. That's part of the intervention in terms of formalization, which would give us, as I say, a, a reverse opportunity for us to be able to respond in terms of servicing those enterprises. In the presentation, you would have picked up that we there's an area where we, on the strategy side, on loan, pro, loan, loan program strategy, we talk about the, the work that we are already doing in the micro-lending space. We know that there may be a thin line in terms of differentiation of the two. So we do understand that there are those activities that we do that are continuous, uh, within that scale or within that segment, if one would say, of micro-enterprises, at the same time was trying to upload those that are not uh, formalized. So, so it's like you 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 basically fix the plane as, as while, while it's airbound. So so that's part of the, the, the mixed uh, interventions that we're doing. The question on CIFA's uh, presence, I think that's what it means also, if I'm right, uh, and in terms of its reach across the distance. At the moment, our preoccupation, as we indicated in the past, we, we, we are faced with a situation where we already have a CEDA that has far much more offices than what CIFA has. We already have a situation where CIFA and CEDA have been reaching out to the municipalities to and, and the partnership led by the department that has been struck with SALGA. Uh, what we are doing is... is, is Primarily, it is as a bare minimum to make sure that we strengthen that intervention and cooperation between. Because when we are more integrated in approach, it becomes better for us to do so. There is an area of work that we have not mastered, uh, which we have been debating. Perhaps we have not spoken much about uh, within uh, in our previous reports to to, to Parliament. It's important that we, we understand that there is a relationship between the need for us to reach out to these enterprises and the challenge of us not being able to be physically present in all these areas, despite the, inter, the integration that I'm talking about. And the reality being that a substantial number of, of the, the population, the demographics of our country are in fact young people. And these young people turn out to be people that are more uh, conversant with issues related to the technology. So what we are not supposed to miss is the opportunity for us to creatively work on how do we, how can, and I'm going to say we've done it 
uh, as, as such by now. That's, I'm saying that's a challenge that we'll be set with, that we are quite alive to. How can we use technology to ensure that we increase reach, uh, for instance, for the youth that want to start enterprises, such that we mitigate, in a way, the burden for us to be all over at the same time, without necessarily compromising the need for us to reach out and, and be as spread as, as widely as possible. The last question, Chair. Uh, the second, uh, the last three, let me do it, do them very quickly. So the one from Honorable Rubengo on wholesalers and, and, uh, and retailers. Uh, what we have done, again, led by the ministry, we, we have been in engagement as part of our initiative on Spaza shops. We engaged the, the major wholesalers that we know of in the country, and we also issued a call, or rather the department issued a call uh, uh, for wholesalers that we may not know, especially those that are in remote areas, to reach out and be in contact with the department so that they can be loaded onto the system. Because with the loading of, this, of these wholesalers, it then makes it possible for us to partner with them to, 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 to service the spaza shops. And perhaps uh, what we don't expressly say which may be an issue, which will definitely be an issue that affects Spaza Shop, is that what may be defined as a Spaza Shop in a township is actually deemed to be a shop in a rural area. So we should not understand Spaza Shop to be just Spaza Shop in a, in a open sense. We're talking about how do you make sure that retailers at that level, low level of the of the of the segment, one would say, are able to be assisted, and we make sure that supply. Say we make sure that the security of supply of goods, basic goods and, and food stuff in those areas, and also, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, give a leg up uh, to support uh, th those retailers in the rural areas. So we may not have had a very specialized package, uh, I mean, a very responsive one to say, Honorable Bang, we don't claim to do that, that, that responds to the rural uh, enterprises, if one would call it, or the, the rural retailers, if one would call them. So our special measure would, would be through this program that we're talking about, that is dressed as spaza shops, but at the same time, is through uh, the, this partnership that we're talking about in terms of our outreach. Uh, and, and as we've always said to, to the honorable committee members, we would always appreciate us being fed with information by honorable members on enterprises and possible applicants that we need to assist. We will not stop uh, from assisting those. It makes our work easier if we are in fact pointed to particular enterprises. It is possible that in outreach, either the, the, the retailers have not gotten the message or we, 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 we were not able within the limits of our capacity to be able to, to cover everyone. Honorable uh, uh, Jacobs uh, raised a number of issues uh, relating to, to preventing fraud and, and ensuring uh, the, the money goes to, 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 to the poor. Without giving, being pedantic, we, we, of course, in, in, the, in the nature of the work that we do, we will come across those that want to take offense. Uh, so fortunately now so far, we've not picked any, uh, uh, which seems to suggest that although we've, we've made our systems a bit more flexible and accommodative of people, we we have not seemed to to expose ourselves uh, acutely or adversely uh, to to chances of fraud. So we have not experienced that. As one would say, uh, uh, um, but definitely the, the the issue about ensuring that the money gets to the poor, as we indicated, relates to how we're rolling out the programs. 
Um, the grant fund issue, um, I would also leave it to, to the CEO and, and the team to, to assist in terms of, of unpacking that. Uh, expanding to other banks, it was not our choice to, to get into the space with NetBank. Uh, it was because of the, ex, the rate at which the, the banks were responding, uh, the other banks were responding. Uh, they will give details on who else has come on board now. Uh, Upside didn't like, respond at some point to engage with us. They'll give you more detail precisely on who's, who's on and who's, who's, uh, who's coming on board to work with us. Uh, the experience of, uh, of a standard bank, the six weeks turnaround, um, I think it, it may be differentiated. It, it probably has to do, remember with Standard Bank, you're talking about cases where the, when a person walks in to apply for that uh, for that uh, facility, are, you're talking about a claim that is already within their system. And I think it depends mm-hmm. partly on, on what, it relates partly to, to, to what the Honorable Mbele uh, raised, which I'll still come to. So so with Standard Bank, we, it, ordinarily, with, with people that come to apply for us, we have zero information. We have no single authorities, informal word, casual word. So, so we don't have any. In, ordinarily, we would not have information on that client. So we we are like sort of two steps or three three steps behind um, players like Standard Bank. We have to start from scratch, getting that information and run on and so on. So, but ours, as I said uh, before COVID, we had set ourselves a turnaround time of, of four weeks. After COVID, it is the sheer numbers that hit us. It was not possible for us to respond to everybody. What we are doing as as a, as, a, as a board, we've directed our team to 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 document the lessons learned from COVID. What we know, there were small interventions that we did as a board um, to to make it possible for 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 the executive team to 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 respond and 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 get more efficiencies in terms of turnaround. And it had to do with just taking off some of the areas and, and guided by the executives, those things that perhaps would have seemed to be part of normal business, but COVID got us to realize that they're not necessarily critical steps that we have to keep in our system. So the CIFA system itself has been rigid slightly because of that. And uh, we it has given us better agility, if you want to put it that way. But as I say, we are, we are documenting the lessons learned which we believe ordinarily would feed back anyway into our strategy and our operational processes. We'd have to amend our operation procedures in some instances. As we said, we have to supplement that with the digitization initiatives. We we will announce in future what the work, kind of work that we're doing on digitization, which will help us in terms of, of making becoming more efficient as an organization. Honorable Mbele raised a, a matter that perhaps the DG might be able to respond better to. Uh, which relate to to um, uh, perhaps much more better clarity that I may not be aware of around the, the standard and loan guarantee scheme. Uh, ordinarily, the, the 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 work that we do with the ministry, I think the the minister's report in the past, if I'm not mistaken, if I recall, that we do have regular engagements between us and the minister ourselves and CEDA. And ordinarily, as part of COVID and the other issues. Uh, we would have discussed and would have made inputs on what is supposed to happen on the work that happened within the ecosystem. So uh, the final packaging, of course, is something that happened between the Treasury and uh, and uh, the, the and the 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 the, the presidents and ultimately the banks. KCG, even in our strategy, 
we, we've been reflecting on what is it that we can do to augment the capacity of KCG. So it's, it's, it's continuous work uh, that we will report again. Uh, again, COVID has, has taught us lessons. KCG is at the center of this puzzle short program. So, so, so in fact, KCG gave a lot of input on, on, on assisting the, the department to package the, the, the collaboration, the partnership that we have with the banks on the sponsorships program. So there are a lot of issues even that we directed by the ministry that are being raised by the minister about what we can do to increase the capacity of KCG. It's, it's, direct, it's definitely in our radar in terms of what we can do. Um, it's quite unfortunate. I think the point that Honourable Bele raised, I agree with you. I mean, it would be quite uh, disappointing uh, that in the midst of all this, uh, you would find enterprises that go to apply and the banks would, would apply ordinary measures because that's what's going to be the, the message. Uh, normal business measures of assessing whether they should be getting credit or not. Um, it's, it's an area that at a policy level, that's, that's where government and parliament can, can be able to intervene better. Uh, perhaps, but also we should also acknowledge that's the reason why CIFA and, and your IDCs exist to make sure that we deal with market failures. Uh, so I guess as we expand and build the capacity of CIFA, uh, we might have to look in the future on how different an approach may we use, even if it's in partnership with the banks, to make sure that we're able to counter uh, the restrictions that the market imposes. Of course, we should put ourselves in the position of a of the, the financial of the of the commercial banks, they are listed companies. All of them, they have certain requirements, certain things that they have to abide by. Uh, without, we don't know what it is that Our role is slightly differentiated from them, but at the same time, I think the onus and responsibility perhaps responsibility might sound a bit uh, disrespectful, honourable chair. Let me withdraw that. I think what I'm saying is that they, 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 we are all faced with the same challenge of making sure that we impress on the financial institutions in our country that we are not dealing with an ordinary era. If we are to rebuild this economy, we'd have to get out of, of our normal comfort zones and make sure that we respond to the dictates of the constraints of the economy. Let me pass over to, to the CEO. I hope I've covered as much as, 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 as I can of, of the, the questions. Um, thank you, Honourable Chair. I think the, the, the chairperson has been gracious enough really to cover uh, all what I needed to cover. All what I need to do is just hand over to uh, my colleague, the Executive for Lending, I think just to give succinctly answers to Honourable April's uh, questions and then also, you know, uh, briefly the issue around the spaza shops um, um this, the issue around the spaza shops as well. But I think maybe just to answer uh, uh, Honorable Jacobs, you know, it's amazing that you always try and be ahead of scammers. The amazing thing is they work 24-7, always to be ahead of you. Uh, however, what is good in terms of payments is the fact that there is quite a lot of governance that we actually employ in ensuring that we check, number one, if you are, you know, Jacobs PTY Limited, we check the CIPC, you know, the registration number that it corresponds to that, the directors as well, including the bank account. And we even go to the extent of going to the bank to say, is this bank account indeed for such and such, you know, entity PTY Limited? 
So that is really all what we are doing, including the fact that there are ID numbers that we also try and make sure that, you know, through Home Affairs, you check that they are valid, uh, they are valid ID numbers. However, as you know, uh, in all of this, that is the perfect world. But uh, people will always devise means of ensuring that, you know, they try and benefit from things that, you know, they haven't really, you know, been part of. But very briefly, I will ask my colleague, uh, Dumi, to just give very quick answers around Honorable Adrian, and then including also just the issue around the Spaza shop that was raised both by Honorable Famelang and then uh, Honorable Jacobs as well. Thank you, uh, Chair Tessa. Um, thank you, Chair. I'll start by responding on the Spaza support program um, and just explaining um, how the program works. Um, so the program is not a grant program. Um, the program is um, initially, the first half of 3,500 is, um, uh, yes, that part is a grant, but the intention is that the puzzle shops would then access credit um, through the participating banks so that they can purchase, um, continue to purchase stock uh, from participating wholesalers. So the intention is not uh, necessarily for the program to be a one-off support. Um, it's intended to be uh, ongoing. Um, when we started the program, we approached all the commercial banks, um, and NetBank was the first bank that came forward with a product that suited the intended purpose of the program. Um, we will know that there's a lot of misuse of funds in the current um, times, so what we wanted to ensure was that the card that is used um, on this Paza Shop support program is what is called a closed loop card. So it means you can't withdraw cash from the card and you can't use the card at any other um, outlet other than the participating wholesalers. So it was a critical, critical product um, in terms of the, the banks being able to offer. So the bank, uh, NetBank is the first ones that came forward that said they have a, a suitable product and hence the scheme was launched with NetBank. And now we are in the process of, of um, onboarding Standard Bank um, and I believe probably during the course of next week, um, Standard Bank will be able to um, offer uh, support on the same program. And we, we, we have stated to APSA and FNB that when they are ready, as well as the post bank, um, when they are ready with a suitable product, they are welcome to join the product. We will never make it ex to we will never exclude um, any provider that is able to offer us uh, a solution. I thought I should also just add on the wholesalers. Um, the Department of Small Business Development um, has partnered with the uh, I think it's called Sanas. Um, we, and they have geomapped all the wholesalers that we've partnered with throughout the country, as well as the puzzle shops as they get approved, so that we can ensure that we uh, reach, at least have a wholesaler in every single district in the country, as well as ensure that we have um, puzzle shops or, or wholesalers that are in uh, reachable distance to the to the puzzle shops. So that process is an ongoing process. And as we identify gaps where we can onboard, particularly I know in the Western Cape, Eastern Cape, um, there was an effort to, to increase the number of wholesalers to make sure that the program is spread throughout the country. 
Um, the latest updates on the program is that um, there have been 1,712 applications. Of those, there were 676 that were approved, and then the balance um, are currently being processed. An important step in the program is to ensure that there is some form of formalization. So the spaza shops are required to uh, be registered with CIPC, with SARS, as well as with the UIF. Our sister agency, CEDA, is managing that process. And therefore, before spaza shop is approved, um, all that relevant registration um, is made sure to be in place. Um, so I think that covers all the questions on the SPAZA support program. Um, perhaps if I can turn, Chair, to Honourable April's questions. Um, so uh, Honourable April asked about why the direct lending channel starts at 50,000 Rand instead of 500 uh, Rand. The, the, the simple answer, Chair, is that the cost... Um, any loan below 250,000 Rand is uh, regulated by the uh, National Credit Act and therefore you are limited in terms of the fees that you can charge. So it's not necessarily about the interest, but the fees that you can charge on those loans. And the method which uh, CIFA uses to assess loans is a highly manual method, which makes it more expensive. Um, CIFA is undergoing a process as the chair of the board of CIFA chairs has in indicated to automate certain process within processes in CIFA. Once CIFA has automated its process, particularly its front end processes, then we could be in a position to consider smaller loans. But up until that point, the cost to deliver those loans um, is simply too high, and hence the mm -hmm. current threshold. It is an urgent program uh, that is not only on the, the radar of the board of CIFA, but also the management team of CIFA. And we believe that bef um, in the next couple of months, we will be able to show good progress on, on that. Um, and I also want to emphasize that it does not necessarily mean that when uh, an SMME goes to an intermediary, they get charged more than what they would be charged at CIFA from an interest rate perspective. The interest rates that the intermediaries charge are actually capped by CIFA. So every single intermediary, when they are assessed for a facility, we assess their cost structure and we make sure that they do not overcharge SMMEs versus what they would be getting from CIFA. So we try as far as possible to make sure that the benefit of whatever interest that the intermediary gets from CIFA is passed on to the end user SMME. Um, and then just briefly on, on um, uh, as the chair of the board of CIFA indicated, we did need uh, for a number of operational reasons to hold, uh, put a hold on normal CIFA business when we went into the hard lockdown and at the, uh, I think it was the 26th of March. And that was primarily because um, our staff were not able to go out and do due diligences on small businesses. Um, and now that we are moving to a level three, 
uh, or will be moving to a level three, then the normal CIFA business will commence. And all those clients um, that pre the 26th of March were in the pipeline will be attended to. Our focus has been um, to ensure that we make sure that all the COVID relief funds, the SMME relief fund, the SPASA support program, and others are implemented efficiently. Um, to date, I'm happy to announce that um, we've approved 513 million. So that's 513 million on the SMME re- relief fund um, across 1,497 businesses um, during from essentially it was from when the scheme was launched on the 2nd of April until the 8th of May. So that is what operationally the CIFA team has been um, occupied with and the process to ensure that all of those loans are uh, contracted and dispersed is underway. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Chairperson of CIFA, I done so that I... The last, sorry, there's a bit of a, we, we're running out of battery. If we, if we get if we run out of battery for the camera one, please forgive us. Uh, we, right. we we are just going to, to pass on to, to the CFO just to deal with the issues that I alerted that she was going to deal with. There's just a few issues relating to, to the impact of COVID can, on some Yes. Can she quickly do that? Yes, 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 yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Got a camera on. Okay. It's fine. She has a camera on. Just wait to introduce you. You mute this one. Yes. No. Yes. 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 Uh, yes. Yes. Can you come in, please? We're waiting for you. Uh, dear members, um, we were trying to mute my laptop so that there's no echo. Apologies about that. Um, I will be responding to the issue. I'll be responding to the issue regarding the financial sustainability of CIFA and the impact of COVID on our finances. Um, as I said earlier on, the financials that we did uh, present on were pre-COVID, so they did not have the impact of COVID, but I will just take the members through what we've done so far in terms of how CIFA's uh, finances will be impacted. The first one is indeed on the rental holiday, the six-month rental holiday that has been uh, affected by CIFA. Uh, and the impact of that is that it's going to lose approximately 140 million uh, on ca- in terms of our cash flow and connections. The second uh, part that is going to impact on CIFAS finances is the impairments. The impairments rates that we are going to charge on the COVID-19 funds is higher than uh, the normal CIFA business with the impairment rate sitting at approximately 48%. Uh, the impairment rate overall will increase from 33% to 36%, and this increase over five years is going to affect CIFA 
with approximately 376 million over five years. In addition to those two, there's also payroll and staff costs that are going to increase over the five years. Uh, and those are really because some of the programs that we are entering into are going to be a long-term program. For example, the Spaza Shop uh, program that we've just discussed, we will be hiring people because those programs are going to run not just over the COVID period, but they will run over a period of five years. What this has done is that it will have an impact on CIFAS health correctly, as the member has said earlier on, uh, and really the financial sustainability of CIFA. Uh, in year five, we are approximating that CIFA will probably, will still be in a cash positive position, but will be in a position where we may run out of funds. So what we've done is that we have funds that we've been reinventing. Those funds, for example, are appropriated for CIFA's uh, behalf. Uh, but what has happened is that the way that they were appropriated, um, they are supposed to be reinvented and, and, and uh, reported separately. But we are engaging now with the department and we're engaging with National Treasury uh, through our board to try and have those funds coming back to CIFAS, uh, uh, so that even though we ring fence the loan and we re- the loan amounts and we ring fence the programs, CIFA can use those funds not only to pay operating costs but also for reflows uh, uh, into back into the economy. Um, I think I will leave it uh, there from my side. Thank you. Are you done so that I can invite the DM? Yes, we're done. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, Maybe before the DM comes in, I'm mindful of the time, but I don't want to pressurize members. Honorable members, is there anyone who wants to make some follow-up before I hand over to the DM? Silence means concern. I'm happy. Honorable DM, can you come in on political issues? You don't have much to say because administratively they have responded very, very well. And thanks to your team, we really appreciate. Can you come in just to close your the response from the department so that I can zoom to the next or last item? Honorable Thank DM. Thank you very much, Chair. I indeed I'll do that, and I'm also very satisfied with how the questions of the honourable members were uh, explained thoroughly. But uh, a few things I would want to respond to. I would want uh, honourable members, Chair, to appreciate the fact that South Africa has got one government and also has got facilitation process before cabinet approvals. That means uh, the like-minded or those uh, ministries that uh, are mandated to work in a particular stream are always clustered. And therefore, there's always collaboration and integration in approach. I will make an example of the fact that those ministers that 
are, are actually participating in the economic activities and programs of our country. They come together as a cluster. And therefore, the issue of BEE cannot be an issue of a small business development or ministry or, or any other, but all those that deal with economy. They have a particular uniform approach to matters like this one. So the answer given for me is correct, but you can't then want a, a, a DSPD to do something that uh, tourism is not going to do, or, a, a, or minerals and energy will not do. So there is a uniform approach in implementation of our policies. The, the, you, your, your heart went deep into the issues of the underprivileged, your township, your rural, your peri-urban. But as I, I can see the, the, the energy we have to implement all these programs that will alleviate this uh, in, with this partnership being a, a priority, we must please, as Honorable Members Chair, attend to these areas to work with local municipalities, their LED offices, because while the opportunity is open, they can't access it because they don't have what it takes as a compliance. This is very serious because checking local municipalities, there was no database for further shops. And as today, when further shops, you will find that that office has not yet opened since the COVID-19. You will find that they don't have this document. And the minister has come clearly that such further shops must be taken through. They mustn't be driven away because they don't have the compliance requirements, they, are, they must be assisted. That's why it is important, therefore, that I'm very happy that if you get a report from the acting DG Lindogusu, or you get it from the chair or, or, of CEDA or CIFA, CEO, they are almost the same because COVID has taught us to integrate when we plan and to have work streams to scrutinize and interrogate how we are going to approach a particular matter. But Chair, I've sent an SMS to you by permission of the Minister that uh, you can announce that those who missed the first coach in terms of uh, teaching for what is required, uh, essential food or uh, hygiene, or anything that will be used in response of COVID. It, that, uh, the extension has been made. So those companies which qualify and felt they were excluded because they didn't, it was closed before they could apply, they can do so today because it is open, but they get the details from the website of the department. I therefore would want to say, uh, I fully agree with everything, and I'm very proud, and I'm happy we went so well. But uh, the Honorable Mien must also remember that uh, 
the issues that he is raised in terms of offices. Those offices are inclusive of the issue of uh, uh, actually covering the country equally in terms of the incubators. And I think we were talking about Kwanongom and Richard's Bay distances uh, not very long ago. So he knows, but at the same time, key to this, Mamango Sazana, Jamini Zuma, is very clear that this will be included in the implementation or is included in the implementation of the district development model which will actually ensure equity of access to the resources of the country that will improve the lives of our people. With those words, I repeatedly want to say thank you very much for the opportunity and we welcome you. In fact, I've been seeing many members, but I've been seeing your beautiful forehead. I think you stay too much in the in houses of late. You are a law-abiding citizen. You stay home. Thank you very much for the meeting. Thank you, DM. Thank you, DM. Honorable members, thank you so much. Um, I believe uh, the uh, the response were were encouraging to you. What I would like to indicate to you, DM, and your team, the, the issue of rurals on the issue of technology is a problem. I, I really appreciate the announcement or the message from the minister that uh, you are extending those uh, uh, essentials so that members can apply. They must check on their website. But the difficulty is what one member has indicated. Sometimes our rural areas can't access those um, applications. So I believe we need to join hands and make sure that even during this difficult time, we've got constituents offices so that we can be able to assist our people, not evenly uh, physically, but uh, the way we are doing our things now. Because that's the worrying factor. If you hear all honorable members, they are crying about the outrage of this department. I also want to agree with you, DM. Let, 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 let us practice it. Let us concretize the issue of offices. We must not just sing. We are having those LEDs uh, departments in our municipalities. Can you please, through court, request that CIFA must also have more offices? And I believe that will be a great strategy to reach out our people there. Yes, we are still staying at home, but we are working using this uh, technology. So that's my humble appeal. Most of the things have been um, addressed and have been answered. But what I want to caution the department is that are you happy about the, those rates? Uh, what is your take on the on the of high rate um, 
reflected or mentioned by most honorable members that the rates are high and why can't our people apply direct instead of having a middleman in this process. I think uh, if we can assist that the, the, the program be reached by each and everyone, I appreciate the extension and thanks to the department, uh, go and tell the minister that we are happy about the, the response and we are looking forward to see the department moving with speed as promised by the chairman of the of the board and his team. Thank you, honourable colleagues. Thank you, DM and your team. We believe we had a very progressive meeting. May you stay home and be safe. May God protect all of us until we meet again. Thank you. Hey, the Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you, DM. Thank you, DM. Thank you very much. Thank you, DM. Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Thank you, Bye bye, sweethearts. King. Bye bye, darling. Love you. Love you too. Yeah.